I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, and joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. Just, just living in the spirit. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Living in the spirit. <laughs> I did just get back from a church event, and my voice is shot. I've been singing a lot of songs, and which is good because we have two podcasts to record tonight. That's right. They let your boys on Locked On NBA. Go check yes, that out. If you if you like us so much, you want us hear hear us talk about uh just the national NBA scene right now and uh random trade stuff that happened today and all that stuff, you can go to Locked On NBA. Yeah, and we're you, I don't think we're talking anything Mavs on the NBA show. So if you want to hear other no. stuff from us, yeah, I'm sure we'll mention Robert Covington and Mavericks. Oh, that's true. That's true. Interested. That's true. That's true. That's true. But Nick, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Is Brandon Ingram an All Star at this point in the season? Give it to him. Sure. Is this like is this the Andrew Wiggins equivalent from like the first ten games of the season? <laughs> remember, remember that. <laughs> yes, that's true. That was. Uh, man, he's averaging more points than LeBron James right now. Brandon Ingram is. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. No way. Is, is pretty, LeBron washed? It's pretty washed king. <laughs> the washed king. Get out of here. Yeah. Cre- so- create your own narrative, bro. Brandon Ingram, we'll talk about that game over on Lockdown NBA. But on today's show, we will break down. uh, Man, I just said that like we had a game last night. We did did not have a game. The Mavericks play the Blazers on Friday night, 8.30 Central Time on ESPN. Um, Talk all about the Mavs situation, the Porzingis situation, the all-star voting, the third returns came out. We'll talk about that. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich was mentioned in a rumor as well as, you know, him. he was talking to Luka and and uh, his buddy Boban the other night, so we'll talk about that. The Mavs have expressed interest in Robert Covington. We'll discuss that rumor that came out in the uh, the whole trade with the Hawks and the um, the what's the other team? <laughs> the Timberwolves, the one that actually <laughs> employs Robert Covington. And then we're going to get into our halfway through the season awards. The Mavericks have now played 41 games. So we're going to get through some awards, just basically some superlatives, what we think about this team halfway through the season as opposed to what we thought at the beginning of the season, preseason kind of compare. Uh, we might go back to some of our board bets for this too and just kind of revisit those. So that's what we're doing on today's show. Again, if you want to listen to us talk about the trade that happened, uh, the Hawks-Pistons thing with Drummond, and uh, Timberwolves pursuing D'Angelo Russell, all that kind of stuff, go check us out on Lockdown NBA. Okay. Ooh, also, I have not mentioned this on the podcast. Uh, I have accepted a position, I guess, like a role with Lockdown doing the social media, so part-time kind of thing for me, but I'm doing the social media, so if everyone can go follow Lockdown NBA Net on Twitter, Instagram, uh, go like it on Facebook as well, posting videos of all the different shows so you can get to know some of the other different Locked On shows. So go follow those. It would really help me out, make me look good for the network, <laughs> and uh, I would really appreciate it. So go follow those accounts. Instagram for sure, putting up good stuff every day. Uh, Twitter as well, tweeting out videos almost every night about you know with different games and stuff. So go check out those accounts. There we go. All right, Isaac, the Mavericks, they play tonight. Porzingis is still listed as questionable. I think that will continue. He'll continue to be listed as questionable. 
Uh, I think it's just going to be the same routine as the Sacramento game. He's going to work out before the game, and we're going to know, you know, an hour before the game if he's going to play. So just kind of hold tight with this one. Don't get too up or down if they say he's going to be available or not, because it could change at the last minute again. What if people are buying their Mavs tickets on Friday night just to see KP play? Well, it's good because they also have Luka Doncic, so he's worth it. What about the the betters? He's what about the, the people who are putting money on this game, Nick? What about fantasy basketball? Hey, I didn't say I agreed with it. I just said that's the way it's the gonna info. be. I just said that's the way it's gonna be. I didn't write the rules, right? Like I didn't write the gospel. I'm just preaching it. Oh, oh let's go. Amen, brother. <laughs> it's like I went to church. Uh, right? uh, KP, yeah, there's nothing new on the KP front. Um yeah, I think he's listed right now as a preliminary, like a probable starter or something like that on the game notes for the game. Uh, so like questionable, I think on the NBA. I don't think those like game official. notes mean anything. I, t- I go yeah, by the injury report more so than the game notes. The game it, notes it, is like somebody in PR, like just guessing. Guys, if there's anything to shoot down, anything that happens before tip off, it's what happened the other night. Like because we we seen um, everything leading up to the game him warming up before the game and at the last moment he's not playing so yeah. there you go so whatever happens before or it comes out before it then who cares at this point because we know at tip off it could change so we'll see and he'll work out and try and he wants to be out there more than anything so hopefully he is on friday night yep hopefully he is hopefully we get to see him all right the all-star voting we got the third returns from all-star voting uh Kind of some interesting things. Luka is second in the West still behind LeBron. He's number two overall in the NBA, which kind of sucks, right? Like, if they're not going to do conferences, you wish that they would do captains number one and two overall, right? It doesn't really make sense for there to be an East and West captain, right? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, that doesn't really yeah. make sense, right? It especially should be Luka and LeBron. That'd be so fun. Yeah, especially if you're not going to – you know, it, it's not going to matter when it comes, you know, to the draft, drafting of players and stuff. Why do you have to have, you know, a player from you're having this surprise look on your face? Yeah, I just got an echelon. Uh, remember our, our our sponsor from yesterday? I got an echelon ad on my Instagram, so they're listening to us talk. Hello, Instagram definitely listens. They're to listening to us talk over here. All right, continue. <laughs> Threw me off. <laughs> No, yeah, th- I think it should just be the top two guys. And, I mean, we love Giannis and stuff, but why have to have one from each conference if you're not going to, you know, conference play each other and all that yeah. stuff? And it, there's just there's a lot of hypocrisy when it comes to, like, NBA stuff. And, like, all NBA Discrepan- stuff. Why- discrepancies. No, hypocrisy, because at one point they're like, hey, conferences don't matter when it comes to the All-Stars, but we're going to have one for each conference. And then it's like, hey, positions matter for, what, All-NBA or All-Star voting, but then it, vice versa, the other one, it doesn't matter. They do you matter know, for the All-NBA. Same- there's only two positions, basically, for... Um, okay, so that's what I'm saying. Like, pick one and go with it, you know? Like, all the time. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. with you on that one. Uh, Porzingis is seventh in West front court voting. He has uh, just about 700... And uh, 75,000 votes, which is pretty cool for him to be seventh yeah. uh, after missing some time here. Uh, I got to thinking about that, though, with Porzingis and Luca. If you're going to vote for Luca, I think Porzingis gets a lot of those uh, added on votes. If you're going to vote for Luca and you're mm-hmm. going to vote for a full team, if you're voting for Luca, you're probably going to vote for Porzingis, too, if you want to vote for all Mavs, right? Yeah, if you're voting for, you know, yeah, like full lineups. And, and I think I think that's how we get the Taco, Alex Caruso, Dwight Howard kind of votes too. All these people voting for LeBron, if they want to do a full team, they're going to do all Lakers. Full team, they're going to do all Celtics. So you just throw Caruso and Dwight Howard on there, and that's why these guys get rack up so many votes. 
Why is it Rondo getting votes over Caruso? Because Lakers fans hate Rondo almost as much as the Mavericks fans do. What fan base likes Rondo? Maybe the Celtics still do. He won the title there. Yeah, sure. Bulls, maybe. He had playoff Rondo mode. Lexington, Kentucky? (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) Still Lexington. He probably has his family. Yeah, that's true. So, anyway. But, yeah, Taco sixth in front court voting. (laughs) Ahead of Bam Adebayo, Demonis Sabonis, Andre Drummond. He has, like... He has twice as many as Sabonis, who's probably going to be an actual all-star that really actually deserves it. Alex Caruso went all the way up to fourth. He started the first returns. He was eighth, and then he went to sixth the last time, and now he's up to fourth. He almost has a million votes. That's wild. Which is crazy. He he just moved past Russell Westbrook and Steph Curry and Donovan Mitchell, which is crazy. I'm just going to say with the, NBA, with the Luka Doncic stuff, Reminder last time of the Galaxy Brain take. Yeah. If he doesn't if he doesn't get the captain, it's okay. Because Giannis and LeBron are gonna draft. LeBron's going to take A D, whether it's his first pick. And even if he has a second pick to Giannis having a first pick, I don't think Giannis is gonna take A D first overall. I could be wrong. He might take Luca overall first. Talking about getting everyone going is if if it's Giannis and LeBron as the captains. Giannis has a first overall pick of the all-star captain draft. And Giannis takes Luka. It's going to be a great TV moment everyone, for the Mavericks podcast. Everyone will freak out. And we're going to have the audio in the pod where yeah, it says Giannis says, I select Luka Doncic as my top pick. And it's I'll like, take my boy. He'll say my boy, Luka Doncic. And then everything, they're going to play together. Luka knows that Giannis loves him at that point. The chemistry starts. The love starts flowing. This, and this is what he's going to say, though. I'll take my boy, Euro LeBron, Luka Doncic, and Isaac's going to be so mad that he called him Euro LeBron. That's true. That would ruin the moment for him. We <laughs> won't use the audio clip at that point. <laughs> we wouldn't. <laughs> we would not, no. All right, coming up, let's get into some of the rumors that were floating around, and then we'll get into our halfway through the season superlative slash award slash breakdown of halfway through the season coming up. But before we do, Isaac Harris. Are you ready this weekend? Are you ready for some football? Sorry, I had to bring it up. I mean, I'll watch the games. You will watch you... the games. I will, yeah. I love the NFL. Okay, he's still going to watch football. NFL even though his team is out and just completely just completely gave him a uh, just a, ter- yeah. a terrible weekend. But if you are the type of fan that thinks you know who is going to win this weekend, if you think you know, you know Packers, 49ers, if you think – any kind of stuff like that. Let's look at some of the odds right now for on mybookie.ag. The San Francisco 49ers are seven and a half point favorites. Basically, if you think the the 49ers can win by over a touchdown, then you're going to win some money. And if you think you can win some money, go to mybookie.ag, make a deposit with the promo code LOCKEDONNBA, and they will match your deposit halfway, all the way up to 1000 bucks. That means the full max you can do is $2,000. If you got two Gs laying around that you have in your betting discrepancy fund? No. Discrepancy. I don't know what you're going for, but I don't have two Gs. Discretionary. That's the discretionary fund. If you have $2,000 in your discretionary fund that you want to bet on sports, you can get an extra $1,000 in MyBookie Mm. that you can bet, put down on games while using the promo code LOCKEDONNBA. So visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Go bet. MyBookie.ag. All right, Isaac, let's get into some of these uh, rumors. Right now, um, 
we talked about this. We talked about him yesterday with um, the Mavs playing the Kings, but. Uh, Matt George got salty. <laughs> Shout out Matt George, uh, host of Lockdown Kings. If you want to listen to all your Kings takes, go listen to Matt George. Yeah, lots of takes. The uh, <laughs> uh, on the Full Forty Eight podcast, Howard Beck's podcast, Sam Amick of the Athletic was on, and he mentioned that uh, the Sacramento Kings offered Bogdan Bogdanovich a deal last summer worth fifty four million dollars. He turned it down. He's going to be a restricted free agent this summer. And if they don't think that they want to re-sign him to the deal that he wants, they could potentially move him. And he mentioned this as a player that he thinks could be on the move, but like more than 50%, I guess. <laughs> right? Like it was, just, it was kind of a weird way they worded it. But uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich has mentioned been mentioned to us a lot as a player that could be the third piece for this Mavericks team. What do you think about him? Whether he's available uh. or not. Yeah, I mean, I, I like him. I don't know if it's like third piece worthy. I, I definitely like him a lot. He's 27 years old. He's going to be a restricted free agent this summer. So, you know, the Kings can still control everything. They can still yeah. play this out yeah. and let it go to the summer and then, you know, match whatever he gets somewhere, uh, which right now, most of the teams that have money, you know, the Hawks, Grizzlies, some of these, you know, really bad teams. So, will will one of the bad teams offer Bogdan a contract that Sacramento won't match? I don't know. But uh, like Amick said in that podcast, you know, the Kings are, got some financial stuff to decide on soon. They just gave Buddy Hield an extension, a big extension, 80-something million. They have Harrison Barnes' new contract, 80-something million. They have Fox and Bagley's going to be coming up pretty soon. So uh, slowly they're starting to fill their cap books a little bit. But I think they definitely do shop uh, Bogdan and – It'll be interesting to see what it, you know, what he gets on the market or what trade value they'll have. Uh, you know, he's a he's a thirty eight percent three point shooter. Brad's tweet, you know, it was just it was fun in the moment. People, you know, Kings fans and got it was like, who cares? What what kind of you know tweet is this? In ensuing is that the right word? Man, um, us on us in these words today. Gosh, if you if we if y'all talk as much as we do on the, anyway, <laughs> um, but. You know, just trying to sound smart. <laughs> trying to, trying to, or not. But you know, he, you know, he talked. With, he's he's friends with Luca. You know, he's talking with Boban after game and all that stuff. And I, th- I think he would be a great fit on this team. I think his shooting would be a great fit for this team. Uh, I think King, team chemistry would be great and yeah. stuff with him. Is he good enough to be the third piece or whatever? Okay, let, let's say this: if you could bring him in, let's just say you brought him in for free. Would he be the unquestioned third best player on the team? Unquestioned. So you're talking better is than he, Tim Hardaway is, is right now. Tim, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think I think I lean that way too. But Tim Hardaway's been playing really good basketball. So <laughs> that's I crazy. Think, that's a conversation. Good for Tim Hardaway. I, yeah. Heck yeah. And so that's that's the type of thing. And, and you know how much money. But I'm still all in. If you can go trade for him and not have to break the bank for him, make the trade. I think he'd be a great fit for the team. Yeah, yeah, definitely be a great fit for the team for sure. Uh, he does a lot of the things that Luca does, but he does it on a little low, lower level. So if you could stagger the two, you know, you start him and then, you know, send him to the bench early or whatever, and then have him be the guy that runs the offense of the second unit, that would be, I think, pretty much ideal for that. Um, another rumor from the Athletic in that piece about the you know the Hawks and Timberwolves trade: Mavs have expressed interest in Robert Covington, the wing from the Timberwolves that everybody seems to talk about every time there's trades even mentioned. He has a really good contract. I think he's making $11 million for the next three or four years. 
and he's an elite three and D wing, which is what everyone needs. The other two teams that were mentioned as you know openly expressing interest was the Houston Rockets and the Philadelphia 76ers. Are you, if you're the Mavericks, are you nervous about either of those putting in offers? Um, I think you're always uh, you're always nervous because you just don't you never know where what the team actually wants. You yeah. know what if. You know, even like the Houston offer, you know, you look at it and say, what what do they have to offer? But what if they start throwing a crazy amount of first round picks in there, like three first round picks, and just Jeez. with and then with like you know cat fillers at that point, if you know at that point you're like, well, dang, what if Minnesota just wants picks for him, or if it's you know a young you know flyer type of player or whatever it is? So I think you're always worried because you never know what offer could you know impress a GM. So. Uh, Covington, kind of like Bogna. If we had to pick between the two, I pick Covington. Uh, I'm okay with his his contract's great. Like you say, he's a great defender. Adding that to this team would be uh, amazing. You could play him and Dorian together. Uh, you would look at the uh, you know at a closing lineup of you know Dorian Hardaway Covington uh, with Luca and KP, and that and that would be great in a, in a closing playoff series, but. I'm curious. I, I I think we're both in agreement that I, I think you know they'll get a good deal for Covington. Yeah. I would honestly keep him if I was Minnesota. I mean, if we're just being real about it, because your your time is ticking with Towns. So. The thing about him though is he's such a good contract. Wouldn't they want to include him in the D'Angelo Russell trade that they're trying to make? Right. It, I don't understand why Golden State would do that though. Why? Include, what, what does Minnesota have to offer though? Include him in that, and then. Um, yeah, I don't know what else you'd you'd add to it, but he would be somebody that the, you know that the Warriors would want. Yeah, but if I'm going state, there's I don't know if there's a package that Minnesota could put together yeah. for me to. You know, I think they should just hold on to him and roll into the summer because what happens? Yeah, what what happens? If you trade Russell to Minnesota for like Covington, Culver, and a first round pick, and then you get to the summer and somebody like Brad Bill's on the market, and you could get Brad Bill for Russell and that pick or Russell something else, and then. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. I think it would take something drastic for Golden State to unload Russell. And there's some there's some kind of cap rule where the the Warriors can't add D'Angelo Russell to anybody to trade him. They have to trade him just yeah. singular right now throughout this year. So in the summer, that's why people are saying, well, they'd be stupid not to wait because they can't add anybody to him. They just have to trade him by himself. Uh, he's making twenty two twenty seven point two million. So that's you know <laughs> enough. I don't know what else you'd add to him, but. Uh, you can't really package anything else with him to go out. So, uh, yeah, there you go. So we'd love Robert Covington if the Mavericks could do. I've seen people throw out a package of, you know, uh, the Courtney Lee contract, DeLon Wright, the two seconds, Justin Jackson. Like if the if it gets down to it and the Timberwolves really want to move him and that's the deal that the Mavericks could make and the Timberwolves want, then heck yeah, do that deal every single time. There's been talk of like Brunson and you know the two seconds, the Golden State second, and then Utah or the Mavericks own seconds. Like heck yeah, do that, do that deal if you're giving up those guys. I don't think there's many players on the Mavs roster that I would be nervous about giving up. For yeah, and if I at the end I, of the bench. I, I still think Minnesota is gonna hold out for a bigger deal. I think I agree. I don't think they I don't think they want to go like backwards. You know, in their slash rebuild, right. you have towns and this extension and stuff like you like putting Covington as a centerpiece in a bigger package for D'Angelo Russell. Like that makes sense if I'm Minnesota. Yeah. So, is there another player in the market that they could put Covington with other pieces to go get that? That would I think that's the route uh, that 
they could go. I would be very shocked if they just offload Covington before the deadline for, you know, a couple seconds. The and, stuff. You know, <laughs> yeah. 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 I would, I would be kind of surprised, but because that just wouldn't make any sense to me as far but as we'd be more happy going. than surprised. I think that would be the most, the emotion. I would, yes. Robert Covington on this team would be, would be awesome. Yeah. That'd be awesome. All right. Let's get into some of our first half of the season. Superlatives. Isaac, Let's do, um, what's the most surprising thing about the Mavericks so far? This could be on the court, off the court, anything. What are you thinking? What's the most surprising thing? Oh, gosh. Um, so this was kind of hard. I, I had three things, and they're all kind of random. One of them was in the form of one of your tweets today that I retweeted. And mm, um, kind of kind of surprising, but you know, I thought they would definitely be better. But the supporting cast three-point percentage this year. It's amazing. And the Maxi, Tim Hardaway, and Dorian Finney Smith. Those three guys, they're shooting Maxi's shooting forty percent from three right now. Uh do you have the other ones in front of you? I just know both Maxie. the other ones are shooting like thirty eight percent. That is so that's just incredible for me. The fact that Dorian's shooting thirty eight percent from three, you know, midway through the season, uh that's a, a big surprising thing for me. And the other two things I have uh was the lack of role for JJ Barea. That's been really surprising for me. I thought that just him coming back and all of that, I thought he would have a very defined role off the bench. I thought he'd be playing more. And that just surprises me that he's just kind of a bat signal type of you know player to where he's just kind of here and there type of games. and Quite literally uh, for us, a bat signal player. Really, yeah, really. And then last one's just a name, Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, that's mine. Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah. has been the most surprising player to me because – we saw him with Luca. It's you know a lot of people took that tweet that I you know made just comparing the those three guys and their three point percentage from last year to this year and said, well, that's what happens when you play with Luca. Well, yeah, all those guys played with Luca last year too, and yeah, Luca has the ball in his hands more. But Tim Hardaway Jr. only played with the Mavericks last year when Luca was the point guard when Dennis was was sent off and everyone else was sent off and it was just Luca kind of running the show by himself. Tim Hardaway Jr. had the opportunity to play with Luka, and he still shot 31% off catch-and-shoot threes. And this year, he's, like, scorching. I mean, he's 38% overall three-point shooter, and he's taking some pull-up ones, too. It's just amazing to me the difference. And maybe it was just the injury, that unknown surgery he didn't know that he was having. Remember (laughs) the exit interviews? Uh, He didn't know what kind of surgery he was having. It was the first one he's ever had in his life, first injury. Uh, I think this is a guy that hasn't been hurt a lot and didn't really know how to deal with an injury. And then all of a sudden came in this year and was ready to go, like ready and healthy and came in there was it was a little bumpy at the beginning of the season though he was mm-hmm. he wasn't completely this he, but then he had this run and he's been solid player like just absolutely solid uh you know inconsistent still but you'd kind of expect that but when you know when he's good he's really good and when he's bad now he's not that bad right like he's not taking these yeah. crazy pull-up shots that you know we, we were really upset about this summer you know the beginning of the season he's been definitely the most surprising thing about this Mavericks team the fact that we talked about him earlier in this podcast as you know okay if they got bogged down and they kept Tim Hardaway Jr who would be the third best player like we couldn't decide that is surprising yeah and I mean you just look at how we were talking and most Mavs fans were talking about him heading into the season as a net negative yeah and like oh my gosh you know the 20 million or you know somewhere around there just the production the bad shots and all the stuff and you know that was the price that we paid for getting you know Chris Porzingis and all the stuff and 
man, he's just played so well this first half of the season. And just looking at you know his shot attempts, he's you know averaging eleven per game. You know that's you know less than the past two years. But he's shooting thirty eight percent from three. You know right now that's a career high from three point percentage. Yeah. If he finishes the season at that, that's really good for him. Forty two percent from the field. You know he's averages his fourteen points, which is down from the eighteen and seventeen from his past two years. But that's the range that we wanted him in. Like he's bought into this role, he's bought into the you know his spot in this team. And once he got inserted into the start starting lineup, we've just seen a different Tim Hardaway Jr. And yeah, like I said, I mean, he, and we both agree he's the most surprising thing for the Mavericks this year so far. Would you rather him score eight or eighteen points a game? <laughs> Somewhere in between. <laughs> right now he's at fourteen. Right, it's closer to eighteen, which is is wild, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's been definitely the most surprising thing. Uh, coming up, let's get into some more of these superlatives. Most disappointing, third best player, you know, most important role player, best win, worst loss, things like that. Let's get into that coming up. All right, Isaac, what's the most disappointing thing about this Mavericks team so far? Um, I have two, the, just clutch games. Just them at the end of games. That's yeah. uh, For me, that's probably, you know, and I, I'd say that's probably a lot of things. Just how... Um, their lack of urgency in closing out some of these games, the lost leads in some of these games. And I'd say it's the most disappointing, but it's also a sign of a young team too. Yes. If when you do have a, an inexperienced team and you know, they give up some of these leads late and you lose some of these clutch games, you just can't finish them off. That's been really disappointing. And if I had to pick a player, I hate, you know, labeling him like a disappointment, but I thought Jalen Brunson would be having a better season. Um, but you know, a little disappointing, I guess, but um, for, yeah, I just thought he'd be having a better season. Well, for him, it's it's the amount of minutes. I just feel like his role is so inconsistent. You know, most it games is, yeah. with with Luca healthy, he's playing ten minutes, right? Ten minutes here, maybe twenty minutes there. Really depends on matchups. If JJ Barea plays at all, Jalen Brunson might get a DMP CD. You know, that's what it really <laughs> comes down to for him, which kind of sucks. And, uh, yeah, his inconsistent role was kind of disappointing because we were really high on him coming into the season. We were wondering, you know, is DeLon going to take away minutes from him? And, you know, we really wanted to see him, you know, get into this role and kind of, you know, develop into, uh, you know, the next six man for the Mavericks. And it's been really – Yeah, I mean, la- yeah, like last year he played, you know, he played 73 games. He started 38 of them. And I get they won 33 games, but played 21 minutes a night. This year he's down to 16. Um uh, you know, last year he shot 34% from three. Now he's down to 31%. Field goal percentage is down some. Points is down some. So it's just, you know, like you said, inconsistent role. But I thought he'd be a little bit more efficient in, in this type of role. So uh, I'm curious to see how the trade deadline plays out. And I'm curious just the rest of the season. We're basically disappointed that Jalen Brunson isn't playing more minutes, which is, a, you know, it's very hard to be disappointed in things right now <laughs> for this Mavericks team. It's yeah, but it's weird because... Yeah, well, it's just weird because they have Delon and Seth Wright too. Uh, Seth Wright and and Seth Curry too. They have Seth, Wright. <laughs> Seth, right, right. <laughs> and uh, so it's like I'm disappointed. You know, I wish he got more minutes from the very beginning or a consistent role, but I also get it too because I love when Delon and Seth plays. Also, yeah. Who is the third best player on the Mavericks right now? Wait, what was your most disappointing thing? Oh, uh, Brunson was was part of it. The clutch games was was the thing that I wrote down. The big one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, third best player. Yeah. Oh, I think it's Tim Hardaway. Yeah, uh, I think it's Tim Hardaway Jr. I thought I think you saw that when he went out with that hamstring injury. You saw how much they missed that scoring, and uh, it's crazy. But I I think I think it is Tim Hardaway Jr. right now. 
I'm going to go a little wild card. I think it's Maxi. I think Maxi's the third Ooh. best player on the team. I think that just his two-way ability and you get you They can, won't even start him. You go it's okay. Sometimes the be- third best player doesn't start. Sometimes it's Lou Williams coming off the bench. But Maxi's Lou Williams in a different way. The way he <laughs> spreads the floor, the way that he can, you know, he's hitting 40% from 3. If you looked at his 3-point you know, percentage. He's not just hitting from the corners, not just hitting from above the break. Like he's hitting consistently and above, you know, above average all around the three point line. If you look at his shot chart right now, and that's that's huge for this team that they can have a big man like that that stretches the floor. You can play him and Porzingis and play five out. That's what's made this team so, you know, important, so great. The fact that he can also defend the rim, he can guard some of these bigger fours that we've mentioned. You know, the Jason Tatum's. Who was the guy the other night that we mentioned? Uh, he played really well against Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. Oh, he had a, yeah, he had an amazing game against Ben Simmons the other night. Uh, that was you know incredible. I just think that his the two way ability is just so important. You can say Dorian Finney Smith in the same way, uh, yeah. but I think Maxi as a big man, you know, makes it makes it more important. So because because that kind of goes into uh, like our next superlative thing of kind of how however we want to word it, but the most important like role player. Yeah, I think for, it's so for me. For me, I look past Tim Hardaway in that and into that, like, the 9 million down range of You look past like him because he's not the most important because it's Maxi because he's the third best player. <laughs> uh, I put How hyped would the league be on or everybody be about Maxi if he was on the Lakers? Oh, I know. Yeah. he Like, the way that they talk about Dwight Howard right now would be it, that's what Maxi would be. If Maxi was on the Lakers, I mean, I don't even. I mean, who would he be com- being compared to right now? Isaac is basically saying that Mavs fans don't hype Maxi up enough, and that that you guys should get on the hype train more. No, I'm glad you're not Lakers fans, everyone. Lakers fans um, are ridiculous, and they're really stupid. They aren't. <laughs> Some of them host podcasts <laughs> I, about I, other I teams. Do, <laughs> I do want to say this. It this doesn't fit a superlative, but it fits like this halfway point. If you looked at right now midseason, if you could go back to if you could go back to the beginning of the season and fast forward and have a glimpse into games played right now for Porzingis, yeah, and you said at the halfway point of the season it would be what? How many games he missed? Thirty-one. Not, he's not played thirty-one, I think. Thirty-one of the forty-one. So he's missed ten games. Uh, do your math. You know, on pace to miss twenty games, that takes you down to sixty-two. What was our over under of games played for him this year? Ooh, I th- was it was it was it a nice sixty-nine? Nice, but no, I think it was. Anyway, I think it might have been sixty-five. I'm looking it up right now. Okay, my point is he's been playing in all these back-to-backs. Sixty-seven and, he, and a half is what we set it at. Okay, so he's been playing in all these back-to-backs. When, risk, when realistically, we expected him to set out a bunch of those back-to-backs. Yeah. So where if we looked at it, kind of fast-forward you know, a little bit and said, hey, at the midway point of the season, how many games would you have predicted before the season started that Porzingis would have missed at the halfway point? Probably 8 to 10, right? I mean, somewhere yeah. through there. I would have guessed that, especially at the beginning of the season. And that's where we're at now, and a lot of us are like freaking out about it and stuff, which I get, you know, because of knee stuff, whatever. But it's just a nice reminder that we kind of expected this amount of games missed for KP at the beginning of the season. It just came in a different form and fashion. Yeah, the fact that it's happening in a clump and not just you know load management yeah. type, you know, games. He's sitting out here and there has made people more antsy than normal. All right, yeah. um, what's the best win? Lakers win. Yeah, I got Lakers and the fourteen point win in L- in L.A. I I just love I love that one. 
Yeah, that was the best one. That's where we had the best numbers after the, the game. So I think I'm going to go, gonna go <laughs> that one too. Worst loss. You can look at this two different ways. The Knicks losses or the Clippers one. The Clippers one was the was the biggest kind of like let down. Like they didn't play up. You know, they just got completely destroyed, you know, start to finish. The Knicks losses was bad team. You lost two games against, you know, a terrible team. That's, I think, where the fan base was at its lowest point. Uh, but for me, I think it was disappointing they didn't, you know, step up to the plate against the Clippers. Um, I'll go with one of the Knicks' losses. Both of those collectively is worse. Because Clippers, I think, the best team top, top to bottom. So, uh, they'll get another shot, shot at them come Tuesday night. But yeah. the, those Knicks' losses, those are brutal. And I don't want to think about the losses much, but I feel like there was another loss recently over the past like couple weeks. Well, they've all been in, cl- in the clutch except for like that one Lakers one and the one Clippers one. So, Yeah, that's true. So they've all been yeah. like gut wrenching. All right, uh, we'll probably have a shorter post game show after the game against the Blazers. Isaac, you have anything else to say before you go off? Oh gosh, no, no, I don't have anything. Where, yeah, go listen to Locked On NBA. Isaac's uh, the today. king of one more thing. No more, one more things right now. Hey guys, don't forget on Friday, Jersey Patch time. Oh, way to chime in there and get that get that in under the wire. I'm glad I could chime in. So uh, <laughs> make sure you uh, listen to the announcement for the new jersey patch that we've I've heard it's been leaked by several different sources. Really random sources. <laughs> the announcement is at <laughs> 6.30 before the game. And uh, we'll see what's going to grace the cover of the Dallas Mavericks jerseys. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.